0: hey there
1: friends you're listening to the third season of revving up we are intern ministers at the community church of new york and on this show we talk about the path of ministerial formation unitarian universalist style on this season inspired by the riddle
0: and mystery curriculum written by richard s kimball we're exploring life's big questions.
1: Where do we come from? What are we? Where are we going?
0: Let's talk about it. Welcome to the journey. I'm Megan Henry. And I'm Carrie McAvoy. and we're ready <laughs> up.
1: Welcome beloveds to revving up. This is episode six of season three and also sad news. This is our penultimate episode of this season. Um, the next one we record will be our final, uh, wrapping it up. And, um, indeed it will not only be the um finishing up of this season of revving up but it's going to be um our final episode of the series of revving up in this particular configuration with me and carrie and amy and um so we'll see some somewhat some future interns at community church may just pick this up and run with it which is super awesome and exciting and also uh get excited because next week, Amy's going to be on camera. Ah, I'm going to get to see Amy. Now that I've embarrassed her completely, um, please reach out to us to engage with us in these questions from the riddle and mystery curriculum, uh, that's available through the tapestry of faith materials for free online at the uua.org website. And, um, we'd love to hear from you podcast at, ccny.org or join our facebook group revving up um we're still going to be engaging with that for a couple more weeks so like come on over and check us out and say hi so here we are uh, about to answer the fifth question from the uh riddle and mystery series but before we do that carrie hi how are you
0: i'm doing great i'm uh, sad that uh, we're coming to the end of this revving up extravaganza, um, but always happy to be here and really excited for another question from our producer extraordinaire.
1: Yes, all right, let's do it. Let's get that random word uh, question generator going. Yes, the random question generator is going. It's sending off lots of little lights and
0: blinky things and things, and things of that nature. And the question of today is, How can I know what to believe?
1: That's a good one. How can I know what to believe? How can I know what to believe?
0: Mm.
1: Great, Carrie, what do you say? (laughs) Tell me, (laughs) Carrie. How can I know what to believe? Don't you love how I just like pick that up and throw it to you? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no problem.
0: Just lob it over to me.
1: Um, (laughs) The first
0: thing, yeah, the first thing I want to say is it's okay
1: if it changes. Oh, yes. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, like just because I believed one thing when I was five doesn't mean I still believe that thing when I'm 25 right. or 35 or whatever, yeah.
0: Right, so it's a it's an evolution. It's, it's wow. something that we spend all of our lives, or I would like to think that I will spend my whole life determining that.
1: And also, the question is interesting, like, how can I know what, what to believe is, um, so on, on the one hand, someone might be asking that from, um, like a, uh, a, like a literalist point of view or materialist point of view. Like, I, how do I know what to believe? What can I believe in? It's like, I, what if I can't see it? Can I believe in something that I can't see? Um, so sometimes that question is coming from that kind of a place, right? It's like, okay. Well, I can't, I can't see feelings, but I believe they exist. So that's one way to kind of, you know, start entering into going down that road with that question is like, is, are you asking this question coming from a place of, um, there's so many options. There's so many religions. How do I know which one to pick? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's also really interesting too, Carrie, right? Because it's like, we get to pick. Like this is coming from a place of a person asking, like because that what basically what that says to me is they haven't been told that they are only allowed to believe one thing.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I'm thinking from my my own growing up where I grew up Catholic and was told what to believe and um realized that it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. So um I, I'm thinking about the tradition or the um fifties model of religious education, where it was based on feeding information.
1: Right, memorizing yes. things. Yes,
0: yes. And this emphasis on the intellectual
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. rather than
0: the experiential. Like there's um, one of the ways that I would answer this is um, uh, inviting them to, to think about it just for, um, to really pay attention to their whole bodies. Like, what is your heart? What does it feel when you're thinking about whether you believe something? It's not just the logical part, it's, it's how does it feel? And uh, connecting with your conscience, uh, which is, um, I remember when I was growing up and even now, what is the conscience? Um, how do we know when something feels right or feels wrong? Um, so there's there's something, paying attention to how your body feels is, I think is really important, sometimes overlooked.
1: Yeah, the whole thinking of it holistically, body, mm-hmm. mind, spirit, if you believe in spirit. Um, but yeah, more than just on an intellectual, um, from an intellectual plane, or even just like a, um, what I can see in front of me kind of. Right. Uh, you know, like, uh, well, I don't believe in ghosts because I haven't ever seen one yet, but I'm open to seeing one or something like that. You know, a I'll believe it when I see it, <laughs> <laughs> which is just kind of like, doesn't really work for a lot of things. Um, and is still, you know, something that many of us are kind of rooted in. And there's a, a uh, balancing and an interplay there. and and I think that that also um leads into kind of these questions that we've been battling with um around uh, quote unquote, truthiness. like, what is the truth? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what does it even matter if something's true or not these days? Um, you know, if enough people say it, does that make it true? Mm-hmm. um, which I think that you know, for some people really goes into that realm of certainly, you know, in terms of like religion, if enough people say and believe that, um, you know, Jesus Christ died for my sins. And if I accept Jesus Christ as my savior, then I will be forgiven for my sins and I will be able to go to heaven. Well, I don't, I can't tell someone whether or not they should believe that because that's up to them. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I know what how do I know what I can believe? Is that what it was? How do I know what I can believe or how do I know what I should believe? Something like that. I think it was if, just how
0: do I know what I believe. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: How can I know what to believe? Mm-hmm. And, and because there are so many um, options in our, um, you know, I would, I don't, a pluralist society in, in so much as we are globalized and we have access to the internet and we are exposed to many different belief systems, right? Mm -hmm. And there are many different belief systems. Mm -hmm. So how do I know which one to believe? How do I know what? you know, and, and I'm guessing this is coming from that perspective of, of religion and not just like, how do I know whether or not I can believe that the vaccine for COVID is safe or... Um, but because there is the questioning uh, on so many levels, then I, th- I think that just being able to ask the question is a really good sign of someone who's like, interested in thinking about these things and I, I think that for me, one thing I might say to someone is, um, I'm curious to know why that matters to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is it that is meaningful to you around having a belief system? Why is it important to you? Not to anybody else. Not to your spouse or your partner or your relatives or your workplace. But why is it important to you? Because I think when we can get down to that route and explore, get on down in there and explore around it a bit, it's helpful in figuring out what to believe um, or what to practice when it comes to religious practices. Um, what to believe about death and God and all of these really big questions and mysteries Mm -hmm. in life, Mm -hmm. which is that whole riddle and mystery, right? Some things we just don't have answers to. And I think that's a matter of whether or not we're comfortable with that. And if we're not, then figuring out what the answer is for us. Right, right.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking about um, some commonalities between the way we would Respond to these questions from a ministerial or pastoral perspective, and what's um, context is super important. Like, who who is this person? To um, is it someone that we are in? Is in our um, religious community? Is it someone on the plane? Is it a young person? Is it an older person? Um, and then also. Asking, uh, going a little beyond the question to, why are you asking this question now? Is there some, is there some issue at, um, that's really uh, alive to you right now? And um, so is the question about what should I believe or is it about a particular belief and why is it important? So um, I'm glad you brought that up. And then also just understanding that um, sometimes there is no answer. Uh, so for me a rubric I always um, when I'm in this position of not knowing a rubric I go through is does does this belief harm myself or others and if it does then it's probably not the right belief
1: Mm -hmm. right I like that
0: yeah like if if vaccines if it's whether I should get a vaccine or not if I can prevent others from getting sick, I'm going to get it. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not obvious that it's going to be harmful to me, like imminently harmful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That the question of harm gets so complicated, too. Right. Um, <clears throat> we have. I think. I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going with this in my head. I feel like. In many ways, in you know, we're, we're we're located in New York City, New York State. We are like um, Western. You and I are both white. Um, we have we're both in seminary, so we're highly educated. Um, have some advantages and and you know, a ab- bit privileges to get to where we are right now. And and even just coming from a Western perspective. Um, I think that it's really interesting to try to imagine the privilege that comes along with even being able to ask the question and, and how, what the responsibility is that comes along with that privilege. So in many ways, we also, we have um, the, the ability in the United States to have a, uh, personal religious belief that doesn't really impact anyone else. Um, we don't even have to tell other people about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's private, right? For, for many people in the United States. It may not, you may live in a community where, like I did when I lived in the South, where it was like not considered private what religion you were because the first question everybody would ask you is like, what church do you go to? <laughs> but, you know, I mean, certainly in, here in New York City, like I meet people all the time that, you know, if I don't tell them I, I work for in the, you know, the religion business, they, it would probably never come up, um, of what religion I am. So, um, it can be a highly personal and private thing, um, and, and, and that's okay. That's understood as being acceptable and okay in our cultural context, Mm -hmm. which is, mm, I'd say a fair, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a modern construct and, and cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're babies, like we're new, we're new to all this stuff. We're new to thinking about this stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, when the U S was founded, freedom of religion was, I, was a really, really new idea.
1: Yeah. Not a
0: state sponsored religion.
1: Are right. Right. I mean, they tried it out in some places. Right. Um, I just got done telling the story of um, King John Sigismund and Francis David and the Edict of Torda, which was um, an edict of religious toleration for the Principality of Transylvania, which was um, under the auspices of the Ottoman rule at that time, which is so super interesting because they were, so um, King Sigismund was a Unitarian and basically kind of Unitarianism had been around for a while because it was like a slur uh like the people who didn't believe in the trinity they were those unitarians um and i think that this started with even as far back as what is it arius or whatever his name mm, is I think like, so
0: yeah yeah so
1: early christian days <clears throat> but here we are in the 1500s and 15 like 68 or something like that there's this edict of toleration which was you know, very unusual for Central Europe at that time, but because it was under Ottoman rule, and the Ottomans being Muslim, but also like having this military empire, were like, yeah, yeah, you don't have to convert to Islam. You can just like pay this tax and be whatever religion you want, because it worked. That worked for them in their empire spreading. Um, but for many Europeans, it was like you're whatever religion the king is. So like, if the king changes religion, you change religion too. And only that religion can be practiced in that area. So there was this like sweet spot for um, Jews and like Lutherans and Unitarians and maybe the maybe it was also Calvinists, I'm not sure, in that one little area for a very short amount of time in Transylvania, um, where people were able to those there were four religions that were okay to be practiced. So it wasn't like super religious tolerance of all religions. But those four were able to be um, practiced freely. And there was religious freedom in that in that place and time, which is just so interesting. We've been flirting with it for a while um, throughout time. Um, But then there's this American experience experiment of um, we're going to have freedom of religion. Um, Well, I guess the original founders were looking for freedom from religious persecution and from really religious oppression, right? So it was more like, (laughs) is it freedom from or freedom of religion? (laughs) Right, right. Different things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's getting us kind of way off topic, but it's just interesting to think about what it means to be able to even ask the question of like, huh, what uh, what should I what should I believe in, or how do I know what to believe in? Because we have that choice, we have that freedom of choice, and we have that ability to um, know so much about all these different religions and and think about that and choose. Just mm-hmm. mm-hmm. quite a privilege. It is. I mean, I think it's also a right, like, (laughs) but (laughs) um, yeah. (laughs) It should be.
0: I feel like we just have hardly scratched the surface on this question.
1: (laughs) All of these questions are so deep. There's so many ways to go with them too, Yeah. yeah. Obviously, like with my whole long road down into the 1500s, but <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so Carrie, do you have any thoughts about how you would answer this? Other than, I mean, you did share your rubric, is that how you answer this question?
0: I think yeah. so. It's, it's, um sitting with the uncertainty like there are some things that I just will never know or I can't imagine knowing and learning to be good with that and understanding that my belief will change over time and then just um figuring out okay if I believe this what what's the harm in it um if it does it help me does it help my, help the way I, um, am with others. Um, is it life-giving or life detracting, um, from a, not just from an individual perspective, but from a community building perspective. So, um, so yeah, it's not so matter what I believe, it's how I act.
1: Deeds, not creeds, baby.
0: Yep. Yep. <laughs>
1: well I love how you answered that and I don't think that I have a better answer myself um and maybe a little bit different answer that I have um I don't know why I said a better answer Uh, it's not a competition I'm just trying to think of like do I have a different answer than what I don't know I think I just um I think I just kind of go with the feeling of it I maybe because I'm in seminary I'm thinking more about what I believe but like, you know, and because of my because of being in the religion business and because of working with kids and, you know, things like that, like I, I have thought about it maybe, maybe more than your average American, but not as much as some for sure. And I think I kind of go with what I feel. Um, and maybe I don't think about it en- enough in a more like in the kind of way that you are talking about Carrie and I like that. I think I'm going to write that down and think about that more because I, um, you know, as I've started thinking about what I believe more, I uh, I kind of find that I run up against a wall sometimes around that. And and a lot of times I end up kind of defaulting into the like, let the mystery be. I, I'm not... I, I'm not a big answers person. And so maybe I should work on that a little bit instead of just constantly going to the, yeah, it's a mystery. <laughs> sometimes I, I I
0: think, yeah i certainly believe, think i'm going more into that mystery direction too and um it's funny you said maybe i should be a little more uh, thinking about it it's like well no maybe i should be a little more feeling about it because i come <laughs> from this all head and no heart and part of um part of what's been really wonderful about seminary is really getting in touch with how i experience um, life's great mysteries
1: That's so beautiful. Getting in touch with how I experience life's great mysteries. I think that is a great note on which to end things today. That's beautiful.
0: Thank you so much for being with us, for viewing and listening, and however you are experiencing this uh, great mystery that is revving up.
1: We look forward to, uh, seeing you very soon next week for our final episode. Bye y'all. Bye.